Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Just before the podcast starts, I have a little favour to ask. We're constantly trying to improve the podcasts that immediate media provide. We've got a survey running until 11.59pm on Sunday the 16th of May, all about the podcasts and you, our listeners. If you head to Bike Radar, there's a link to the survey in this episode's article. It'll either be on the homepage or in the podcast tab you can find near the top. If you complete the five-minute survey, you'll be in with a chance to win one of seven £100 Voucher Express gift cards. Full T's and C's are available in the link, and the prize draw is open to UK residents. Thank you. Hello there, welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Tom Marvin, technical editor at Bike Radar, and joining me today is Warren Roster, who's our senior road technical editor. Um, how are you getting on, Warren? I'm good, thank you, mate. And yourself? Very well, thanks. Yeah, hoping the rain won't start again, because uh, I'm in my bedroom and I've got Velux windows, uh, and it makes a racket when it rains. Um, so if it does rain, you'll probably hear it. Um, what are you up to today? What are you getting on with? Um, I just sort of, um, well, to be honest, catching up with a bit of admin type stuff, um, making sure I've got a uh, next round of bikes arriving on time, and then hopefully uh, I'll get out on a bike a little bit later. Excellent. What, what's your, uh, what are you waiting on test-wise then? Anything interesting? Um, well, I'm pulling together quite a few things at the minute. I've got kind of... Um, few gravel bikes on the go um i've got some e-gravel bikes which should be um quite interesting a couple of those are still under embargo um and then i've got a few yeah i've got a few more kind of endurancey road bikes on the way so um it's yeah it's all starting to stack up again happy days and is this, is this stuff all that's going to go into cycling plus and bike radar or yeah 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 yeah, it's all yeah across across all of our, our outputs, as it were. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, I've had I've had a little bit of calm after the storm that is bike of the year, and now it's all starting to ramp up again. So happy days. Well, a bike of the a bike of the year is is what we're going to talk about today. Um, so this podcast is going out on a Friday. We usually put them out on a Monday, but we're doing a special. Um, because yesterday, Thursday the thirteenth, I think would have been the date. Yep. Um, this year's Bike of the Year Cycling Plus went on sale. Um, and it's obviously the key um, issue of the year. Uh, it's the formulation of many, many months of, of hard work and a lot of riding uh, that you uh, and some of the guys have been doing to kind of find out what, what you and, and the team think is the best uh, drop-barred bike of the year. Um, so yeah, we, we thought we'd do a little special to coincide with the release of the magazine. So that's on sale in the shops if you want to go and read it. But obviously, we're going to talk about it today. So yeah, tell us a little bit about Bike of the Year, what it is, why we do it. Um, and we'll talk about the process um, of how it's done. We're going to talk about some of the bikes and the difficulties um, that have obviously been uh, prevalent this year. Um, and, and we're going to talk through some of the some of the top bikes. This is obviously uh, running in conjunction with the mountain bike bike of the year um, that we've done in MBUK. And there's a podcast about that a few weeks ago. So check that out if you're more into uh, the dirt side of things. Um, so yeah, Warren, um, tell us a bit about bike of the year. What what the deal is? Well, I mean, you know, we've been doing this um, uh, for well more than a decade now. Um, and basically, it's, it's every year we will sit down and we we'll discuss about you know new bikes that are happening, you know that are coming, new bikes that have arrived, 
um, old favourites, old classics, uh, uh, and just try and bring together um, a kind of extended shortlist, really, of what are going to be the best bikes for the next year. Test them all head to head over a series of months, all on the same, you know, same route, same terrain, to get a real kind of um, distillation down to to the stars within it. Eventually, whittle that down to a shootout, and then spend a few days riding, you know, a group of us. Usually, it's somewhere, you know, nice and sunny and abroad. Mm. But this year, it was um, Wiltshire. <laughs> well, hey, <Wiltshire laughs> um, is lovely. It's Wiltshire is lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's my home county. But um, you know, where I'm thinking, last year I was, you know. Riding through the Valley of Tears at 30 degree heat in you know in the Canaries, and you know this year I'm riding across Salisbury Plain in the rain, um, watching you know helicopters and tanks. So uh, yeah, slightly different, but you know still fun. Um, and so yeah, yeah, you know, uh, and then once once we've got it down to there, there's there's a lot of riding, there's a lot of you know lot of debate. You know, usually those debates are over coffee and cake in a in a cafe somewhere, or more likely coffee, cake, then beer. Um, you know, and, and you know, sort of heated debates. So this year, those heated debates have been, you know, over Teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, over Teams or WhatsApp or email, even. Um, so it's it's been different, but but um, good, you know. And we and I think you know, twenty twenty one, as we all know, is that you know the backdrop has been like you know insanely difficult. You know, mm. you've got the you've got a global pandemic which led to unprecedented shortages in in bikes and bike parts which again has led to like huge pricing pressures on lots and lots of the brands um and we don't even need to get into the whole brexit thing no no, definitely not um so it has been a really really you know really tough year i mean i I would say at least half the bikes that that made you know that made it into our long list um their prices fluctuated as we tested right you know right right up until like the final week you know i was sort of you know Reading, reading through the proofs and checking everything and then double checking with you know with the brands and they're going oh no it's not that price anymore mm. you know, it was that price last week it's this price this week sort of thing so so yeah it's been it's been a challenge um and like because of those shortages you know usually um you could end up structuring it a lot more by price you know so we'd sort of categorize it you know here's this price point here's this price point yeah etc whereas th- this year um quite early on you know, I made the decision that we just open it up across the spectrum. You know, so okay. so so this year we've got a really broad, broad, broad spectrum of bikes. You know, everything mm-hmm. from a uh, seventeen hundred pound Trek right up to a twelve thousand pound Specialized. So, you know, and then and then everything in between, which is actually you know, it, I I I thought that'd be a little odd, but it's actually it's really quite rewarding to to sort of be pitting a bike that costs the fifth of the most expensive yeah. bike against each other and just seeing is that you know price of a decent small family hatchback more worth it sort of thing you mm-hmm. know and then um, um and I, I you know and actually I, this year i'm really really pleased with the results you know it was um um and i think this year as well i think because we distilled down that final test riding together um as a as a group um everybody's a bit more laser focused on actually defining what you know what we all agreed on was the best bike you know there's still mm-hmm. hefty debate but you know the the eventual victor i think is really deserving so so did you how many bikes i mean in the magazine i've, I've just read a um a, a pre-sample of, of the magazine and there's two shootouts there's a gravel shootout of the top four bikes um, and a road shootout of the top four bikes 
Um, so how, how many bikes did you start off with for the process? And, and then how, do, how was that whittled down to that top four and then the eventual winner? Uh, well, you know, we, we sort of um, came up with a little bit of a conceit that it's 2021, so let's test the top 21 bikes. So, yeah. you know, we started out with 21. We brought in a, you know, a kind of gravel element, a gravel shootout part to it, uh, and then and then like a top top four bike shootout. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I just, you know, see 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 where we ended up with those and it's um it, it it's also quite interesting because you're pitting sort of almost different styles of bike against each other so you're putting mm-hmm. race bikes against endurance bikes or the kind of new breed of um that kind of halfway house between a race bike and an endurance bike and then you know gravel can mean anything from um you know a super light race focused gravel bike up to something that you know you could carry your house on the back of sort of thing mm-hmm. and so so it's kind of it's finding those kind of um I just think basically, I, I, you know, I always err towards the bike that I've had the most fun on, you know, the one that ones that made me smile, you know, I think that's, I think that's all you can do really, you know, and we all ride for the enjoyment of it. So you want to ride something, you don't want to ride something and go, Hmm, I made the intelligent choice. You want to ride something and go, I love this thing. It's great for doing skids. It's great for, you know, messing about on acting like a big kid sort of thing. So. I mean, that was going to be my next question was, was how did you, uh, what was, what was the criteria, what were you actually looking for in, in some of the top bikes and then the eventual winner as well? And it is that is is that fun element? It's that is that bike the, you actually yeah, want to go and ride? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the fun element. It's the bike that you know. It's the bike that that, that when you, you know you open your garage door and you look and you go, brilliant. Uh, I want to be on that today. And so you know, having that sort of thing, where you know once once I'd whittled it down to that that top shootout group, having those all lined up in my garage and like every morning, put my kit on. Every morning, getting back from walking the dog, getting changed, putting my kit on, walking outside, opening the garage door, and there'd always be one bike I keep gravitating towards, you know. Yeah. And you sort of go, actually, I knew I need to, I need to get more balanced. I need to ride all these bikes. But then you go, and it's almost you'd be riding around, you know. I'd be riding a couple of miles from home, and then thinking, God, I wish I was on, mm-hmm. you know, I wish I was on that other one, sort of thing. You know? Yeah. I, and, and so, and it's, it, it's never the most expensive bike, you know, you always mm-hmm. think, oh, you're always just going to gravitate to a super bike. You're always going to go, wow, look at that. It's 10 grand. It's got, you know, it's your SDI too. It's got, you know, beautiful carbon wheels. It's got everything, you know, and they are wonderful things to ride, mm. but they're not necessarily the bike that makes you smile the most, you know, that, that you just sort of, I always like those bikes that surprise me. The ones that you just kind of go, wow, this is brilliant. This And it's so unexpected, you know, it's kind of, and I think when you look back at the history of, of Bike of the Year, you know, there have been bikes that, you know, I, I guess some people might find contentious, you know, that, that sort of go, how, how could that be? It was up against, you know, it was up against X, Y, you know, X, Y, or Z sort of thing. You know, I'm thinking back to something like, you know, I think the one where where I had, or we had feedback of, of kind of equal measures pro and con was, I think, um, 2016, when I gave bike of the year to Cannondale's CAD 12, you know, and in that test, we had, in that test, we had things like, uh, I think we had an S works tarmac and, you know, um, I mean, it had like a high mod super six Evo, but I was going, no, this CAD 12, you know, with humble one Oh five, my God, it's brilliant. You know, it, it's just so much fun. And to get this much fun for that little amount of money, it's got to win, you know? So, so you know, and you, so you do get that. You know, you, know, you get these things that come occasionally, or or in 
you know, 2019, um, I gave it to a, like a relatively unknown brand, you know, Rondo with the HVRT, which is this kind of do it all machine that in, in one instance can be a, you know, full on aero road bike. Um, you can adjust the, you can adjust the fork offset, which slightly adjusts, you know, the, the way it handles and it becomes a little bit more endurance. And it can take 650B wheels with 45C tires. So it becomes a really capable gravel bike, you know. And so something like that is like, wow. And this comes from somebody who owns too many bikes. My thought on that was, wow, I could just have the one and it would do everything, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So One plus a few wheel sets. Yeah, plus a few wheel sets. But that's better than having two garages full of bikes that, you know, I, I can never ride enough because there aren't enough hours in the day. And my job is to test bikes anyway. I mean, you you have a bit of a reputation, Warren, for um, buying a lot of bikes. And I know we, we've done features in the past on your um, extensive yeah, yeah. collection. Yeah. I mean, are, are there any bikes this year that have now been added, or is that? Well, it, I, I have to say that the the, the bike that has come out on top uh, is now becoming my long term bike, oh, okay. um, my long term test bike for the year, because um, it, it's coming from such a kind of almost modest level. I'm really intrigued to see how super it can become, if you know what I mean, with just a few small tweaks. So so I've already done that, and I've already sort of um, inquired with the guys at the brand that um, when it comes to the end of the year of me having it long-term, you know, how, how much would it be? You know, so so I can start, um, start well, start saving, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, it's made, it's made an impression. Um, before we get on to the bikes, a couple of, couple of questions about the process of testing. So I, I do the trail bike of the year, mountain bike test, and you know I have a, a fairly set way of doing it. Both, um, you know, I ride the same tracks on all the bikes um, in various different conditions at various different types of tracks, so I get a, a good impression. You know, when I'm looking at the bikes, I'm, you know, I, I weigh them all myself, I take the bikes apart, I do X, Y, Z, um, I take notes in a fairly specific manner so that when I come to writing it, it's all set out in front of me. It, what are your, how do you approach testing so many bikes to get to one event? You know, it's slightly different from a normal four bike bike test. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, again, you know, quite, I guess quite similar to you. I'll, I'll get the bikes here. I'll do a bit of a kind of shakedown on them. I'll list all the parts and, um, sort of pour over the over the geometry sheets and things like that you know just to see um just, just to see it, it, it sort of think in my mind what they were aiming to do and then also you know speak to the brands and sort of go well what is this bike what, you know what's it aimed to do you know why are you why have you done this why have you done that um and then every single bike is rid, ridden out on the same same loop which basically just leaves by house and um the initial one that all 21 bikes get get ridden on is um it's it's a 70 mile loop basically um you know there are a couple of um there are a couple of stretches where i might have to elongate that a little bit or shorten it a little bit because most of the testing is done over the winter and quite a lot of the roads i'm riding flood so sometimes it's like right i've got a bit of i've got a three or four mile diversion which is going to extend it a little bit or you know in the past if i'm tired i've just i'll just ride through it and you know and that's a pretty good test for a bike, you know, when you're riding when the the um the water level is making your shorts damp. Um, you know, you're getting a damp undercarriage because it's so deep. Um and then you have to go home and, you know, take the cranks out and drain the frame. Um but 
Um, yeah, so every, every one of the 21 gets that that particular ride, and it takes in, you know, there's some decent climbs there. There's lots of um, good sort of technical descents. There's a big mixture of road surfaces, everything from glass-smooth tarmac to, um, well, it's effectively um, roads that are in such a poor state, you just call on gravel, you know, um, to, you know, there's a couple of couple of sections of um, um, pretty nasty cobbles along the way and everything. So it's, it's I'll just try and get this... Um, you know, it's just kind of try and condense most things you'll ride on on a road bike into that one initial ride. Um, you know, my process for that is I get out, I get that ride done, I get home, get showered, and then straight away right. Just don't, I don't, I don't believe in kind of um, sitting on it or anything. It's just you've got to get those initial thoughts down. You know, most of those thoughts come when you're riding, and then if you think, well, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I might relax and you know might watch loose women for an hour or whatever and um you just can't do that because then you just forget what you know you you forget all those kind of nuances that you've had and um once i've got all that initial thing through i can then compartmentalize those bikes into similar and see what common traits they have or uh, or then trying to think well what did that do better than that one or you know uh, and when we're talking road bike it's so subtle you know those those differences can be you know and, and you know there are a few bikes that you'll ride back to back and you'll think oh god they are so similar normally at that high kind of performance the end of things you know i think in this year's you know this year's one one of the biggest struggles for me was um cannondale super six evo and giants new ttr advanced they are so close you know there's there's the difference between the two are so like paper thin you know it's 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 insanely, you know, insanely um, closely matched bikes. Uh, both brilliant, and, and so it's, um, yeah, it's a really real. Um, it's an it's an interesting puzzle to solve. I think is the is the uh, is the big question on that. Yeah, um, and then you know when it comes to gravel, um, I, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough, and you know, as you know, you, you ride over this way quite a lot to, to be on the edge of Salisbury Plain. Uh, you know, and Salisbury Plain has everything from that kind of fast, wide open gravel, um, which is almost kind of the American kind of gravel thing, right, right down to great old school single track and double track kind of mountain bike bits, and and you know, and then there's even some, you know, you get, you get lost in a few of the woods, you know, out on the edge of the plain, and there's even proper technical single track in there, so. You know, you can put a gravel bike through its through its paces in in everything that you'd expect of a gravel bike and more beyond. You know, because I always think um, gravel is a really interesting space. I think because it depends where you're coming from. You know, if I think if you're coming from the mountain bike side, you're looking for something you don't get from a mountain bike. So it is those big, wide open, fast, traffic free kind of adventures. Whereas, you know, if like me, you're coming more from the road side, I, I'm looking to go in the woods and mess about and, you know, uh, uh, and push the bike to its beyond its limits sort of thing, you know, whereas I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of, well, mountain, you know, mountain bikers that I speak to or, or ride with or, or whatever will sort of go, well, why would you do that? Just get a mountain bike. And I'm like, well, one, I, I, I'm completely lost on mountain bikes. You know, I, I came from mountain biking and, you know, came from, you know, mountain bike racing and, uh, and everything, but, and I still own mountain bikes, but they are archaic. And I don't understand the mountain bike space now. I don't understand the differences and the nuances between all those bikes. So I've no idea what to buy. 
And I, I think like quite a lot of people, I'd end up being completely overbiked. And I don't want to be one of those people that then has to go and buy a T4 and drive for four hours to go and use the bike to its full potential. <laughs> I love about cycling is I can step outside my front door and be doing it. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely something lost on most mountain bikers, <laughs> myself included. <laughs> okay, so there's so this year's you you had twenty one bikes, um, and I think before we we started recording, you sort of said that you you we'd had basically kind of six um, six of the gravel bikes, uh, which by my math suggests around fifteen pure road bikes. Um, is that about right? Okay, so let's 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 we'll talk gravel in a minute, I think. But um, actually, no, let's talk gravel first because I guess the big news really is is the drop handled road bike. So we'll we'll do the road bike uh, bike of the year um, towards the end. But let, let's talk gravel bikes then very quickly. Um, do you want to talk us through sort of the, the the six that you had, and then but very but focus let's on the on the top couple. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, we had um, um, it. You know, for the, for those uh, for those those of the listeners that do actually read the mag, you'll see in there that there is a shootout of of four gravel bikes, and, and for that I chose the like kind of the four pure gravel machines, and the other two were kind of they have that kind of crossover um, element to it as a Ribble CGI Titanium, which is you know part endurance bike, part gravel bike, part race bike. You know, it's it, it's like in the name, it's you know it's um it's how they've kind of positioned that bike so that's really kind of very very versatile and then we had the latest um version of the rondo hvrt which as i've mentioned now it's a it can be an aero road bike it can be an endurance bike or it can be a gravel bike so those two we kind of did in isolation and then concentrated on like four pure gravel bikes um so with that we had um Cinelli, King's Idaco, you know, legendary Italian brand, um, with, with and they've come up with this really funky um, gravel machine with lots of cool details. Um, and then one from um, uh, Pearson Cycles in London um, called the Off Grid. You know, Pearson over recent years have moved into making a lot of their own bikes and designing their own bikes in house, and they're doing a fantastic job of it. You know, they, you know, they're, they're a small independent, well, small. Oldest bike shop in the world, but still a bike shop. Yeah, still a bike shop in London is um, is competing with the big boys, you know, and making really comparable comparable products um, is is pretty special. Then um, Boardman are in there with their their carbon gravel bike, the the ADV nine point zero, which um, really surprised me how good that bike was. It was just it's so 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 accomplished and. Um, Brilliant value for money, you know, and um, uh, they've got that um, they've got that thing with the gravel bikes where they've just got the fun factor absolutely bang on. You know, it's um, um, it's just a, it's a just a great riding bike. It's just great handling, um, well thought out, great geometry. You know, I, everything I everything about it, I you know, I really really enjoyed. Um, and then sort of coming. Coming fairly left field, I guess, you know, um, Cannondale Topstone Lefty. Um, See what you did there was. Exactly, yeah. You know, that's why I do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that thing, um, you know, I I, I tested it um, when it came out last year uh, and I've ridden it quite a lot um, and kind of reacquainting myself with it after riding a hell of a lot of gravel bikes in between and then getting back to it, you just sort of, you know, it's um, 
it's just it's it's kind of gives you groundbreaking kind of levels of uh of kind of um the adventures you can have on it you can get so far beyond what you'd expect a gravel bike to be able to do uh, and it's so capable you know uh, it i think you know i've spoken to some people and they've sort of gone oh yeah but it's just a, like a talent compensator and i'm like no it isn't because i've ridden that thing in play on places and on trails and on on stuff that i would never dream of taking any other gravel bike you know the gravel bikes i own you know it's um and it seems ridiculous to be talking about a bike that's only got effectively 30 mil of suspension at each end but um but it does it all so well you know it's it's and when we were doing the the kind of shootout stuff and you know effectively um i mean the photography that we're seeing the mag is actually um the four of us just went for a couple of big rides you know around the, around the plane um with our you know our, our our friend and photographer russ in tow you know riding with us and taking you know taking pictures and stuff and pretty much on every descent i was leaving everybody else for you know just for dust because the bike was just so 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 easy and so good at doing what it did but what really surprised me is on most of those kind of rocky bumpy climbs i was also dropping everybody and that's not something i ever do you know i'm, I'm too big yeah because just the traction it afforded and you know just just how how you know it it never stumbled it didn't it, it just kept you know keeps rolling when when you know other people are floundering and stuff and and you know take it from me i'm never normally the first person up a climb and in any shape or or form you know i'm too big a unit to do that uh, and so that bike it just it just cemented in my mind it's like this thing is a it's a it's a game changer when it comes to technical gravel riding um for for a bit of context for our listeners just to if you're not aware of uh what the the top stone uh lefty is all about i mean so the top stone frame um has this little pivot on the on the seat stay uh, and uh, seat tube junction, um, which effectively means that it, it helps the the back end flex by what they're claiming what twenty thirty mil. Is that about right? Yeah, they, they reckon it's. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's only, yeah it's only about sort of twenty mil, but that that gets because it's um, they call it a kingpin, but it's just a just a basically a sort of pushed pivot. Um, but then they allow flex in the in the stays. And also the seat, the seat tube, like the seat tube underneath where that joint is, it kind of flattens and it's almost like a leaf spring kind of shape. So it just allows that whole back end to sort of bend compress. a little bit. Or- yeah, just just a little bit of controlled compression sort of thing. Um, and it just means that that back end just bites all the time. And when you're hitting stuff really hard, you don't get that jarring or chattering. It just sort of... Um, and then you you know you compound that with it runs 650b wheels it's got 47c tires you know you're you're getting a huge amount of of just compliance which just gives you so much more control and then up front the you know the oliver fork up front so it's a it's a carbon lefty it's based on the mountain bike ocho but slimmed down so it's i think it's a couple of hundred grams lighter than the mountain bike version um um and the travel's obviously been reduced to to like 30 mil but um that 30 mil is controlled so well you know it, it sort of it never clunks it never tops out or anything it's it is it, the way it sort of progressively ramps up um is super, it just gives you that kind of high frequency control and damping that that um 
means you don't you just um well it means that you keep you know you, you you stay online but also it means when you're out for like big long day rides you you don't fatigue as much you don't get that kind of you know tingling in your fingers where you can't feel your hands sort of thing that just doesn't happen it's just it, it's um it's just so well so well done it's so well thought out you know it's just um the, the downside is that you know the, the one that I, I tested was the lefty one so it's the top of the range it's seven and a half thousand pounds it's a lot of money it's not cheap um no it's not cheap at all drivetrain's brilliant it's um you know it's like a mullet drivetrain so it mixes eagle and force axis so you got it's like clean wireless drivetrain huge gear range you know the the with the 1050 on the back you know and so it's um it just does everything really well i mean but i'd recommend you know they do the i think it's called the lefty three it's effectively the same frame shimano grx um with the alloy version of the fork and that's at like three three two so it's like less than half the price it so, still gets all the important features of the suspension yeah. of the comfort yeah yeah it gets it gets all of you know it gets gets all of the glitz without the glamour sort of thing so you know it's it's it, and it it's that it's the kind of technical capability of the bike rather than the fancy bits that's got hanging off it that really make that bike you know you know for, for me personally the only thing the, the thing that would make it ideal is if it came with a dropper because it's right, got okay. internal dropper routing um and so again that would just be in those instances where you are getting really quite ridiculous and you know, off piece sort of thing that, you know, I, I, a few instances on it riding, you know, riding up on the plane on some old, um, some sort of old disused downhill trails, which, you know, used to be race circuits way, way back. You know, I raced there on, I mean, I raced there on mountain bikes that had 30 mil of travel, you know, which <laughs> yeah. that dates, that dates me. Um, uh, but like hammering down those with, you know, my, my seat at basically roadie height and just, you know, constantly being kicked, you know, kicked up the backside by it i, I was just kind of wish this thing had a dropper you know because then it would just be you know it'd be perfect so can i ask um the so it comes with 650 wheels with fairly chunky tires it's got all that compliance at the back end it's got a suspension fork at the front obviously this is stuff that's going to work really well when it is chattery and rough and that's what really helps the bike perform so well but you know, a lot of gravel rides is done on tarmac. It is done on very smooth surfaces. Does it does it hold it back there at all? Yeah, it, obviously. You know, it, running a running a six fifty B wheel. Uh, if you're riding with people on seven hundreds on on the tarmac, you are going to be working that bit a bit harder to stay with them. Um, you know, the, the the tires are chunky, but they're not they're not overly aggressive. You know, it's um, um, in fact, it's one of the one of the only gravel bikes that, that I've seen where they've gone down that mountain bike route of, of actually choosing differential tires. You know, most gravel bikes just come with the same tire front and rear. And I don't think, I don't think mountain bikers have done that for decades, you know? So, so on the, on the, on the lefty one, you get, um, you get a venture light on the front, which does have fairly decent kind of, um, novels on the shoulders, but fairly smooth center. Um, and then on the back, you get a WTB byway, which almost looks like a slick, you know, um, it's got it's got a very fine kind of almost like a file tread, with a few kind of bumps on the shoulder, but not nothing you'd call it call it shoulder. Um, so on the road, it's not sluggish. It's not. It's just you know you are disadvantaged because you're you're running a smaller wheel size. Um, but uh, it's not sure, you know. Anywhere, you know. Um, 
And again, I think that might be down to the sort of where you're coming at from gravel. I think if you're a mountain biker and you're you're using gravel, you probably are more likely to to get onto those kind of road sections and things, um, and kind of enjoy it because it's not something you do on a daily basis. But I think if you're coming from the road side of things, um, I want to spend as little time as possible on on tarmac if I'm on a gravel bike, to the point where you know leaving the front of my my house, I now ride round to a track round the back of my house across some fields, onto a byway, onto a bridleway, onto a towpath. So I can get from here up onto the plane, which I'm about a dozen miles away from. I can get to the plane without touching the road. Now, it takes longer than if I just went by the road. But for me, it's just that much more fun because I, I'm looking for something different. I'm looking for something, you know. So, so yeah, I think it's almost, you know, where, whereabouts you're coming from sort of thing, you know. I think there are... You know, I, I've had this conversation with um, with with our you know our our compatriot you know Rob Weaver who you know obviously kind of heads up all the mountain bike stuff at, at, and we've had that conversation where I've talked about what I want from a gravel bike and he's almost like the polar opposite. He wants something light and fast and uh, almost like a, a road bike with big tires, whereas what I'm looking for is a super light mountain bike with drop bars. And I think it's just, you know, it, it it depends on your where you're coming from in gravel. And I think because Cycling Plus is just a much more, well, it's a road-focused magazine, the, the reason I kind of drifted towards the, the top stone, over, say, the Pearson off-grid, which is brilliant, or the Boardman, which is fabulous value, or the Chinelli, which is, you know, a beautiful thing, um, was just that this is, this Canada has given you something so different. It, you know, it's it, it will expand your horizons beyond what you ever thought you know and i think um i think there are a lot of gravel bikes out there that are criminally underused because they only get ridden on towpaths or you know or bike paths and i think you've got this this thing this tool go and explore go and have some fun you know and by explore i don't mean load it with bags and go camping i mean go go and be silly go and be a kid again you know go and you know bunny hop some roots or you know find something to drop off and scare yourself you know because I, I think i think you know there's an element of um especially riding on a road and when you're dealing with traffic and all that sort of things you're never really comfortable pushing your limits you know if you're what like going to hammer down a fast descent you're always kind of at the top kind of looking for a line of sight going i hope there's no cars coming there's not a you know there's not a truck or a bus coming the other way or whatever but when you get off road you can get that adrenaline pump really easily and over the silliest smallest thing you know it can just be trying to trying to you know bunny hop and clear a cattle grate at you know 25 30 mile an hour which you probably haven't done for a long long time or or even just trying to push it through a corner that you can see is loose and rocky and just seeing how far you can you know am i going to end up you know sliding through this corner and into the hedge or it's those kind of it's getting that that fun factor back you know into into everything so well, that's the that's the top stone. Um, well, let's move on to road bikes, and I'm just going to go and answer the door very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got a package for a test coming that I can't miss. <laughs> I'll be back Don't in a sec. Well, that was a, a quick, brief interlude while I got a pair of cross-country shoes for a cross-country test, <laughs> and we're, we're we're back in the room. 
Um, so um, the road bikes, there's obviously, this is the the thing that Cycling Plus is obviously best known for and, and Bike of the Year is obviously the big important one. So again, we had about 15 bikes, I think, um, and that was whittled down into uh, four contenders. Um, so that's the, the Boardman SLR 9.4 AXS disc carbon. Well, the name suggests that it's got a bit of SRAM access on there. Um, there's a Cannondale Super 6 Evo uh, carbon disc Ultegra. You can learn quite a few things from uh, from the names of these bikes. Um, maybe a little bit less from the giant TCR Advanced Pro 1. Uh, and then also there's the Hondo, uh, the, the Rondo HVRT CF1 Ultegra. So you've mentioned the HVRT a couple of times already. Um, so actually, I'm, I'm not surprised to see it in the contenders. Um, so yeah, so how was uh, how was this aspect of the test then? Was it? Uh... Yeah, I mean, this is really good. You know, we do have, there's a couple of other categories in there which should, we should probably mention. You know, there's like um, endurance bike of the year and then performance bike of the year. So it's kind of, you know, those two major genres in the road. You know, so you kind of get your racy bike and your... Um, and your sort of big distance, more comfortable bike. Uh, and on that score... Yeah, let's talk sorry. about those very quickly then. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I mean, on that score, the um, the endurance bike um, came from... It's come from a brand that you'd never expect would win an endurance bike category, and um, that's the Velo, um, with their, you know, their new Caledonia 5. You know, and if you think, you know, Cervelo's history as a brand is, it's all about racing. There's nothing more, you know. It's been about racing, it's been about lightweight, it's been about aerodynamics. Uh, and so for them to come out with something like the Caledonia was really, really interesting. Now, it does follow all the same Cervelo traits we're used to. So it is very light, it is very aerodynamic, but it comes with 30 mil tyres um, and they've relaxed the geometry slightly over over like the R-series that it seems to be based on. You know, it takes its inspiration from a bike... Um, from a, like 2012, which was a, a kind of team-only bike, which was called the the R3 Mud, which was basically the Cervelo R3, but with big tyre clearances. And, you know, and that that bike won um, Paris-Roubaix in 2013, I think, with um, Johan Summerun rode it. I think, he, I think it might have even won Roubaix twice on an R3. Um, I, I'm not a great race historian, so forgive me if I'm wrong. But it's... Uh, um, you know that that bike seems to have had that inspiration. So it's just it's a, it's just such a lovely bike to ride. You know it 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 feels like a Cervelo. It feels like you know last, in last year's bike of the year, I was really impressed with um, the Cervelo S3, which is kind of it's it's from their aero bike range. But again, it's sort of come a little bit away from that whole aero bike thing where it got a bit more comfortable. And it's um, uh, and and this Caledonia felt like that, but with the comfort ramped up even more. And having those big tyres means, you know, on, on UK roads, it was just, you know, gloriously smooth. Um, it does have its downsides. It's very expensive. You know, Cervelo have been hit pretty hard by all of those price pressures we talked about. Um, so, you know, that's one of the bikes that when I got it in, it was one price. And by the time we actually published, it was a lot more. And by a lot more, I mean, I think it's like close to £800 more. So it'd take a significant jump. Anyway, which is you know i kind of feel for these brands that, that that end up having to do this um so yeah that was that was my you know my my endurance bike of the year um i think um you know bike radar's video channel i've i've i was just doing a video about it yesterday so if you want to learn more about it you, you can you can see it there um and then on the performance side it was um a bike that also made that final shoot out and it's giants tcr advanced pro one now 
Um, you know, I have to hold my hands up and, and be honest here. I am a big fan of the giant TCR. Um, I own one. You know, it's now the old model, which still wrangles me um, because I have spent an inordinate amount of time and and expense on that bike, making it the very best it could be. And um, now, now it's completely it's, out of date and barely no, rideable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, um, yeah. Now, now I, I look at it with disdain. No, I don't. I still love that Take bike. Take it to it's a fabulous. charity shop. <laughs> <laughs> I still love that bike. It's fabulous. But, but you know, the, the, the advances, to use Giant's word, that they've made on this new design, you look at them side by side and they look pretty much the same. But it's only when you sort of look a little deeper and you realise every single tube on the bike has changed shape. Um, it's got more aero. It's got more, you know, it's got a, a bit more integration. It's... Um, but it still has that giant, you know, total compact racing, which is what TCR stands for. It still has that silhouette, which has been with us now for, you know, over 20 years. Uh, something I do like about that TCR is that you look at the very first ones that, like, I think, Onse were riding back in the late 90s, and you look at the bike today, and you can see. Yeah. You, the, the you, you can, you can see that the DNA is still there. It still, it still carries through. Now, of course, this is um, this is a bike that we talked about in the most influential bikes of the last twenty odd years podcast. Yes, of course, yeah. Tie it back. So, if you haven't heard that one, have a listen. And, and so, this this Pro One, I mean, and the reason that this sort of edged it in this category um, over the Cannondale Super Six Evo, which obviously won bike of the year last year, and is, in my opinion, one of the greatest road race bike geometries that's ever been. It's just, it's still the bike that I kind of judge any racy bikes handling against um and the tcr is like so close you know in the way that they handle but but this pro one is you know it's four thousand one hundred ninety nine pounds so it's it's not cheap but you do get full mechanical Ortegra. you get giants a new um slr1 carbon wheel which is uh, just a lovely lovely wheel set you know it's got a brand new design rim that's um um, really nicely aero optimized. It's hookless, so tubeless tire fitting is a is a breeze. It's an absolute dream. They're super light. They're like around fourteen hundred grams a pair, you know. Um, and then you've got carbon bar, carbon seat post, carbon rail saddle, great tires. And then like the icing on the cake is you get um, Giants um, Power Pro power meter in for the price. That's a dual sided power meter that's built into an Ortega crank. Um, and I've ridden that power meter against, you know, the power meter on my own, my own bike, which is um, uh, like a, you know, a dual-sided quark D0. Um, and they track fairly consistently with each other. You know, they're, they're within, you know, they're within a, a couple of percent on, on the actual power figures. So I, I, I'm convinced it's very accurate. Um, and so find that on a bike at that price in a year when, everything around it has gone up they've done an astonishing job just to just to you know keep those price pressures at bay uh, you know to put it up against against it, the one that was actually fighting it out for 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 race bike of the year um performance bike of the year the the, the cannondale evo that's got ultegra that's got a really nice set of carbon wheels um that's got a, you know really good cool carbon bar and stem etc carbon seat post does everything else it hasn't got a power meter it's four grand so for that extra two grand, you're getting a you're 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 getting a bike where you'd never need to add to it. You never need to upgrade anything. It's just out of the box. It's 
you know, as is. You wouldn't have to ever think, well, I might want to do this a bit further down the line, do that a little bit further down the line. And um, which kind of moves us on to the shootout thing because the, both the Cannondale and the TCR are in that shootout. And the, the Cannondale, as I say, you know, handling-wise, it's just, it's out of this world. It really, really is. Um, and again, there's a video on on um, on our YouTube channel of me pitting the TCR against the the Evo just to see which one see which one's best. Um so I won't let the cat out of the bag on that one, but but it's kind of, you know, it's a very it's a very close fought thing. Um then that leaves us then with the HVRT, which I have you know spoken about a lot, but just to reiterate, you know, that is a just a great do it or do everything by, you know, absolute absolute stunning thing to ride really exciting and i also you know i do like the fact that they're 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 a bit underdoggy aren't they yeah yeah yeah. you know they're going up against global corporations like giant you know and they're and they're they're holding their own sort of thing um which then brings me to if you want me to let the cat out of the bag now um the adventure winner um and that's boardman you know um and I know that people are sort of going to go, what do you mean, Boardman? You know, you buy Boardmans from the same place you buy, you know, tree-shaped air fresheners for your car. You know, it's like, what's going on? But this bike is brilliant. It's one of those, like, superb sort of shocking surprises. It's just... Um, and it's not down to the kind of usual Boardman things that, 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 that we all like, you know, across all the genres of bike they make where we just go oh it's great value you know it's it's well put together you know it's the kind of it's all those kind of the reasons you buy it with your head sort of thing uh with this one what really surprised me was just how beautifully composed it rides you know it's um you know the slr 9.4 now slrs of old were very racy you know um but this new SLR design, it backed that off ever so slightly. Now it's still got good aggressive angles and it still handles quickly, but they've they've kind of they've softened those sharp edges. And so it's like hitting that perfect middle ground between, you know, take one of its rivals. It's that it's that perfect middle ground between, say, a Cannondale Super 6 Evo and a Cannondale Synapse. Or if you ride a giant, it's like that middle ground between the Defy and the TCR, or specialised, it's it's between the Tarmac and the Roubaix. It kind of squarely it hits those things right in the middle. And things like the chassis, the frame set, is um, it's stunning. You know, sub 900 gram frame, 340 gram fork. You know, these are getting on for like superbike numbers, at a bike that's 2,700 quid. Right, okay, yeah. You know, um, and it's made from their C10 grade carbon fibre, which... Um, in the previous generation bikes, C10 was reserved for their high-end stuff. So you couldn't find C10 carbon on anything below three and a half grand. Right, okay. And now they've brought it down to this next level. You know, so it's no wonder the bike's that light and that's, you know, and everything. And, you know, once once I'd kind of come up with this bike as the winner, um, I then sort of started speaking to Boardman and speaking to the team there, you know, uh, because I wanted to know how they arrived at this at this bike. Because I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of people out there going, "Well, Boardman will just go, you know, they'll just go to one of those big 
Asian shows and just buy some yeah, yeah. catalogue. But no, this, bike. This, this bike was totally designed in-house. You know, it was wind tunnel developed, you know, at the, the, the at Borman's own wind tunnel, which oh, uh, sadly some... is, is no longer, you know, no longer open, but they made the most of it when they had it because they came up with this bike. You know, and, and you know, and talking to like the, 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 you know, the lead product guy over at Boardman, he said, well, I'm really, really proud of this bike, but it, you know, he told me, you know, it almost got me fired. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, once we built like the final rolling prototype and they sent a, sent them over, we all went riding together and he said, and I just didn't like the fork. I didn't like where the fork was at. He said, so we went back, I went back and I redesigned the fork because, um, I think he'd like he got the compliance that he wanted, so he got the comfort he wanted, but he hadn't got that kind of sharp front end, you know, almost like the lateral, the lateral rigidity he wanted from it. So he took it back to the drawing board, and it put the bike six months behind when it should have been on sale. And he was like, "Well, I almost got fired for this." And when when you talk to somebody and they're telling you that, you sort of going, "These people care." Yeah, yeah. You know, they really care that that this product isn't just we need to get some out there. That you know, there's so much care, so much. It's attention been paid to the to the chassis um that really really impressed me and then um and the other thing i do like about it is it's still got a bit of you know you know chris boardman you know legendary legendary speedster that he is um his influence you can still see in that bike you know because for all intents and purposes you could say well it's a it's a sort of it's a grand fondo bike it's you know it's this and it's that but it does have the kind of race bike handling and then when you look at like the back end it's got it's got a fairly deep kind of aero seat post and then you look at the seat clamp and the seat clamp is like it's kind of standard road thing where it's got a 20 mil offset so it gives you that nice you know sort of stretched out kind of long position but the seat clamp you can flip so it's like almost like it's your forward facing so it puts onto a zero offset which effectively steepens up the seat angle and you're looking at that and going well that's like an old time trial straight triathlon trick so with that bike, if you added a set of clip-on bars, flip the you know flip the seat clamp, you've got an aggressive almost time trial bike. So you know anybody that's looking to do the occasional you know sort of evening ten or yeah 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 or, or even you know weirdos that want to dabble in multi-sport stuff, um, it's a great option. You know it, it, it's just it's it's got that versatility. And then and then you know they've taken note of where boardmen's are predominantly sold and you know and what they're for. So it's the UK. So it's got really good, proper hidden mudguards mounts. Okay. You know, it's got a drilled fork round. So you can fit, you know, you're not relying on mudguards that are held on with, you know, with Rubber bungees or whatever. Yeah. This, yeah. you can put proper, you know, proper proper mudguards that aren't going to rattle on it. So it's got that year-round versatility. It's got proper tyre clearances, so you can get a good-sized tyre and a mudguard in there. You know, it's just so... they've They've... They've approached the bike with all the those considerations that you want on a bike, but they haven't lost making the bike fun. It hasn't become boring. It's um, it's just just such a such a beautiful balance, you know, on it. And that even comes down to to how they've spec'd it. You know, mm -hmm. um, I was going to say, yeah, how what's what's on there? It's it's. Well, it's a, it's a good value bike, isn't it? But it's also got some yeah. cracking bits of kit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, um, uh, like you take take the wheels for example. You know, they're Alex RX D3, which is an 
aero shaped aluminium rim that is not a you know one of those major brands that, that people know but it's a really good choice you know it's a it's a it's an aluminium ring uh, rim it's really well made um it's a really taut tight built wheel the hubs are great it picks up quick the tube is ready they're modernly wide and um they weigh just over 1500 grams a pair now that's damn light for an aluminium wheel yeah i mean yeah, it's yeah. a good it's a good weight for carbon and so that just shows to me that the 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 people behind the brand, you know, the product manager who's who's specking that bike has really thought about it. He hasn't just settled. He hasn't just gone, well, we'll get one of those name brands that people people associate and like, but we can only get their cheapest model. So it'd be like a two kilo wheel set, which would, to a certain extent, it'd, it'd kill a bit of the bike's joy. You know, it's that, it's that they've been prepared to go that step further and look a little bit beyond what people think you should have, you know? And I think that also comes down to um, like the drivetrain. Cause I think you think about kind of two and a half grand to three and a half grand market. If you're in that, what are you gonna put on your bike? It's gonna be Shimano Ultegra Mechanical because that's what everybody thinks they want, you know, or, or wants. And we know it's a brilliant group set. We know it's, you know, it works superbly, but they were one of the launch partners with SRAM for the new rival Axis. Now, and now Boardman have a history of, of working with SRAM. They were one of the first brands that, when SRAM launched their original road group sets, they were one of the first brands to adopt it. Um, and I think they were one of the, well, they definitely were one of the first brands to adopt the original ETAP when it came out. You know, so they've always had this kind of good working relationship with SRAM. And I also think that's because, you know, if you think about Boardman as a brand and Chris Boardman as a person, he's always been quite technically minded. You only have to look at, you know, developing things like the Lotus bike and stuff like that. Yeah, and it yeah. would be kind of a key element of that. He's always been kind of somebody who, who enjoys the tech side of, of bikes. So it's not really any surprise that they they jumped, you know, you know, and again, I was speaking to them about it, and they said, well, as soon as we heard that, you know, Stram were bringing this competitively priced wireless group set to market, we were like, yeah, we want a piece of this. We definitely do. And, you know, I've covered... Rival Axis, you know, fairly extensively on site. We did a podcast with with the guys from Sham about it, and I think it's brilliant. You know, it, it has all the performance of Force Axis at a fraction of the cost. Yeah, it's a little bit heavier, but I, you know, I don't really care. Um, it, it's just not an issue when a bike works that well, and especially I think on a bike at this price point, which is probably your second, maybe third real serious bike the fact that the gears will just work and work and work and you have to worry about them you haven't got to worry about complex internal routing you haven't got to worry about cable maintenance you haven't got to worry about you know all of those things that that don't stop you riding mechanical bikes but become niggles it becomes like um you know uh, it becomes like I've got to go and learn something now. I've got to go and learn bike maintenance. I've got to go and learn how to adjust gears. I've got to, you know, I've got to be sitting in my garage, you know, with rain drumming, drumming down on it, trying to listen to a, you know, somebody on YouTube explaining how to, you know, ha- what to do, what's a limit screw sort of thing, you know, which is fine. I think if you're, you know, you're like us where we've, we've been in this for such a long time that we've learned all these things, but there are a lot of riders out there who are completely fresh to this and, and gears are, 
gear adjustment is just an alien concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and that's the beauty of, of like Axis. You know, I've got. Um, we go back to my TCR, which has got the original ETAP on it. You know, that bike has done. Well, it's sort of closing in on, on ten thousand miles. I've ridden that bike with ETAP on it, and in that time, I've charged the batteries, and I've swapped the chain. Uh, but I have never had to make an adjustment to the mechs. They've just worked. And that, I think, is, you know, that's the, you know, that, that's the kind of buying with your head decision on it. But on the flip side of it, I just think wireless group sets look really cool. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no flappy cables. The bike looks clean. It looks, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it looks like the future. It looks like bikes should look. You know, everything else in our life is wireless, you know. And why are the bikes not? It's wireless and it's connected and it does all these things, you know. And then we go and jump on a bike where the, you know, some of the technology on it's Victorian. It's sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. This is a bit odd, you know. We'll, we'll all go out you know, and spend spend money on a uh, a helmet that's going to, they say, this is going to save you five or six watts. And like, wow, that's amazing. But um, don't forget don't forget to get your cleaning, you know, don't forget to get corrosion at bay on that old bit of wire. You know, it's like, really? You know, so, and it's all the kind of other elements that I think that Axis brings, you know, it's the it's the connectivity. It's the fact that you get, you know, you get this free app, which is brilliant, you know. Uh, and so if you're one of those kind of nerdy people that likes to deep dive into what you've just done, yeah, you can get stuff if you've got a power meter. Yeah, if you've got your Garmin on there, you can get all that kind of GPS data. But you get the SRAM app, it will tell me how many times you've shifted. It will tell it, it will tell you what gear you prefer. Yeah, you know, yeah. it will it will give you this whole of the layer of data, and you sort of go, "Wow, this is you know," and and then you can actually look at it and go, "Oh God, I, I just mash big gears all the time. What an idiot!" And, and it, you know, it feeds back to you to sort of think, you know, it, it feels like how the tech that we have in the rest of our lives can be properly applied to bikes without overtaking anything. Um, so yeah, so when when you bring all of those elements together on you know on that kind of fairly humble bike, a, a really competitive price, it's just you know I just um, it's such a worthy winner. You know, it's just uh, you know, and, and you know, I reiterate, it's gone up against bikes at, at twelve grand. Yeah, it's gone against superbikes, right? It's gone against full-on superbikes, but I mean, I had it, you know, in, in my in my garage, literally standing next to a. Uh, a twelve thousand pound bike that weighed six kilos, and I was just sort of like, I, I, I want to take the boardman. You know, I, I think I think I want to be riding that boardman because it's one of those bikes you get on it and you go, wow, this is unexpected. You know, you have I, if you're riding a twelve grand bike, you've got expectations. You want everything to work perfectly. You want it to do everything exactly as as it should. And if it doesn't, it's a disappointment. And that was the thing with that boardman is nothing about it disappointed me. Everything about it was going, wow, this is punching above its weight. And that loops us back to what we were saying earlier on about how do you pick your bike of the year? And it is that bike that gives you all of those things. Yeah. 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 You know, it it's just got that super sweet spot of exciting handling, all day comfort, great kit. And very easy to live with, you know. It just hits every single 
every single thing it just hits absolutely bang on and you know i am quite excited about you know having that bike for the for the for the next year and just seeing how good it can become with a few kind of subtle upgrades you know um you know i, I mean of the whole bike i think the only thing i could criticize about it was um i thought they'd stretch the bar tape out a little bit thin so it wasn't quite as comfortable as it could be so you know now it's part of my long-term uh, you know sort of um stable uh, I, i've replaced the bar tape and it's like and i've got an issue big oh it's better you know it feels even better than it did and it felt damn good to begin with you know and so so i think um uh, i think in some respects you know it's a surprise it's a surprising winner but i do think it's a really worthy one that yeah, sounds it yeah well yeah i think um you summed it up pretty well there was um so yeah, I mean, there we go. The, as I sort of said at the start of the podcast, this uh, the bike of the year, Cycling Plus, is on sale now. Obviously, in the UK, um, the reviews of the bikes will be drip fed onto Bike Radar over the next couple of months. But um, to get the full experience, I think you know the magazine is is well worth buying. It's obviously, of course, we got we got to plug our uh, we got to plug Cycling Plus yeah. a little bit. I mean, what I, will, what I will say, you know, what I will say in, in Cycling Plus, which is, um, yeah, you can. You can see all those reviews and and things um, on Bike Radar, obviously for effectively for free. But in the in um, the Bike of the Year in, in Cycling Plus, I have got a feature in there, which is like the story behind the winning bike. You know where I've I've spoken to the you know to the team at, at Boardman about it, and you know we've we've got some behind the scenes behind the scenes footage of the development on that bike, so you can see you know uh, how they came up with it, and it, you know, uh, and so I think we've got that bit of a deeper dive into it. So yeah, you can look, you can look at the stats and you can look at, you know, my, my test review and price comparison and things on bike radar, which is, which is great, but you can just get, you know, if you're interested, you can get that bit deeper into, you know, into why this bike here, I think is a really deserving winner. Great. And of course, a whole host of other features, uh, in cycling plus as well. So yeah, there we go. Well, thanks so so much, Warren. That's great. Um, also, a big congratulations to Boardman for winning this year's Bike of the Year. Um, as we all say, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, thanks if you already have. Um, and yeah, share it with you know your friends, your fellow riders who who might be interested in the podcast. It goes helps us a lot. And uh, yeah, thanks so so much, Warren, for your time. No, thanks to you, too, Tom. It was good to uh, good to talk about it. And I and I've I've managed to put off a meeting with them. Um, with Cycling Plus off the back of it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, that's always good. Well, I've got another podcast to record uh, in a minute. Um, we're looking at the most influential mountain bikes um, of the past 20-odd years, um, and that will be released on Monday next week, I believe, all being well. But, yeah, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Thank you.